I've looked at the bloody new Kia. It's how much interest I have. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to wherever you are. You are listening to the All Talk Car Podcast. I think it's episode 16. I've got no co-host to meet today with me. Halil has gone to Fiji to look for a new Trident. Hula! <laughs> <laughs> Ross isn't here, he's driven to Queensland with his family, I think he's buying VR goggles for his new drone. So co-hosting today with me is Bradford Berry, a memory from last week with BMW Finance. So he's been promoted to co-host. Oh, good evening. G'day, and today's real guest is also a listener, and it's Michael Sedaris from Sydney City Chiropractic. Hey boys, hey everybody. So today's topic we're going to be talking about, it's probably the most important part of a car that no one thinks about, yeah. and I think it's the car seat. What do you look for in a car seat? Well, gosh. Besides leather and cloth. Mate, the, uh, I mean, I sort of think back as to my time in automotive, that they've changed so much. I mean, you go back to, uh, you know, God, when I started in 1997, you had about three ways of moving a seat. You know, mm. you hop in a 7 Series now, and I think they're, they're near enough to 20 different directions that you can um, play with one, plus the bloody ventilation, massage, heated, you know, all of those <laughs> sorts of yeah, things. So, yeah, all of that. that. Yeah, absolutely. And I talked about the bench seat in my cousin's Valiant. Because that was a good seat. Because you actually you would fit in the, the seat. Because that was my biggest thing. Mm. It was my biggest criteria was I'll get into a new car and think, because I'm a big boy. So I think, just I better fit in the bloody seat. Mm. And, you know, hopefully it's comfortable after five minutes. Yeah. Right? But anyway, yeah, the old bench seat, that was good. Yeah, so he used to talk, hook the turn sharp left and I used to slide into his arms. and oh, his Corners, seat. wasn't that a good game? And that's mm. what he used to do to his girls. So yeah. there you go. Easy way to do it. So we've got Michael here. He's apparently he knows a lot about backs. Apparently. <laughs> I mean, is it something that people should consider? Definitely. Like, is there a bad car seat? Or is it more... I think it's more about the settings, the way that you, you, you set it up. Um, and I think the um, the racing car guys have got it spot on, okay, where they have you pretty much nice and upright. Forward okay? bent elbows. So, yeah. with your, so if you have to extend your arm, your, your wrist sits on top of the, the steering wheel, okay? That's the, the, the perfect sort of distance to be. Um, if you're any sort of further than, than that, then you're, you're leaning too far back. And over time, you know, you're going to be driving around. It's going to put a lot more pressure on your lower mm. back. Your, your head's going to be dropping forward because, you know, you, you still need to see where you're going. And, you know, before you know it, you've got a sore neck, sore upper back, sore lower back, everything's sore. You come out whinging and saying that the car shit. But, There's the pedals know. too, because I remember years ago, mm. I, I did some driver training stuff. And one of the things that they pointed out is if you're sitting too far back, and you've got a straight leg when you depress the brake to the floor and you hit something, mm. your leg, hip and knee are buggered. Yeah. So they're so very important to make sure that you've got your foot all the way to the floor on the brake and you've still and you've still, still got a lot of bend left in your legs. Right, so you yeah. don't you've got something that's gonna soak up any impact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my driving position I sit like that quite far forward, yep. um, relatively upright and you know, tended to with, with bent elbows mm. and you know, I sort of got into that habit a while ago and it probably doesn't look as cool as the old Gemini lay back and <laughs> um, you know, but um, it's uh, it works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I was told with bent yeah. elbows too, you're going to yeah. absorb any impact. Well, right. for there, it's the turning too with the elbows yeah. in that you don't have to take your hand off to get to basically a lock enough that's going to get you out of anything. Yep. Um, you know, if you've got it where you're up the top, you've sort of got to do that shuffle which slows you down. Um, and it's just that, that you know, 10 and not even 10 and 2, what is it, 9 and 3, mm. um, and just being able to, to, mm. to get to that, you know, half lock or a bit more than half lock without having to move your hands. Yeah. So with with new car, I mean a lot of new cars now have got different type of whether it's push button with 
Mercs and Beamers, and, or whether it's knobs and knockers on the basic cars, like they've all got the uh, recline back, and backwards and forwards in front of your legs. And mm. is, is, there, is there a position or is there a control that's more important than anything else, like lumbar support? See, I find the lumbar support a waste of time. In, in, in the cars, personally. Yeah, okay. And that's the lower back area. That's the lower back area. On a long drive, I like a good lumbar. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, what I find in, in my car, okay, I've got the Merc. Yeah, which one? The C43 Coupe. Okay. Yep. The MG. What I find is you you set it, it'll come right up, but what it does over... A, if you're going on a long drive, over, the say, the, an hour to hour and a half, it just gently deflates right. on its own. I think which is which is a good thing because if you've got something that's constantly pushing into your back for a long period of time, again you're just going to get uncomfortable with mm. it, you know, because our spines are dynamic; they're not meant to sort of just be frozen in one one so, spot. So, from your, your your spine point of view, what counts as a long drive? Like, I think, I think anything over half an hour. Yeah. Okay. Mm. It was said basically Bondi to Bondi Junction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so St Kilda and Albert Park yeah. for those here in Melbourne, but the, the yeah. so. A long drive, half an hour. On average, everyone drives like two, two and a half hours. By the time everyone has a bit of a break, well, that's what the advertising says. Hey, it may not yeah, two hours. Well, commute to work's got to be, you know, forty-five to an hour, and I think that's the average in Sydney. Yeah, so. you, and you probably feel it by the time you get to work. Yeah, see, it's funny. I, I think where I'm spoiled, um, you know, in the prestige car land, is, is I'm in new cars. I'm in cars that have yeah. got the latest seat technology and adjustments and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I kind of don't, but you know, the, the last. Gosh, what was the last long drive I did? I would have, I would have thought a long drive three hours plus. Mm. Um, if someone asked me a trivia, um, <laughs> yeah, you sort of you, you get to feel it after about that two hour mark and yeah. start to go. Oh, just you know, I'm just going to stretch my back, move around a little yeah. bit. But that's where all that massage stuff comes in. I mean, you know, you, you look at cars, seven series S class. You know that they're not unique with it. Mm. But uh, I think the theory behind that is much more that European approach where they have. You know, people are used to driving across continents, go sorry, across countries, whatever, and you can sit there and go, okay, so what's going to keep me awake and alert? I'm just going to get the blood moving in my back. So yep. I've been sitting down for four hours and I haven't stopped, yep. and I've been doing 200 k's an hour for four hours, so I'm pretty wired. Um, mm. What's going to get me going and moving? Mm. Um, but you know, the, the, the level of adjustments, the thing that blows me away in some of those high end cars. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think even something like an M3, where you've got, you know, the the lumbar. Uh, the outer bolsters, the yes. thigh bolsters, yeah. the front of it, the up, down, forward, backwards, the tilt, you know, there's got to be 16 ways in that alone. So, you know. Do you think the massage function in the Mercs and Beamers are a gimmick, like the airport I, massage I, I, chair? I reckon it's a bit of a gimmick. Or, I think it's or okay. do you think anything to to stimulate your body? Yeah, well, look, I think in that regard, if anything, look, it's nice to have something working up and down your body because, it, you know, it interacts with your brain, your proprioception, you yeah. won't go into all that stuff. You know, it in elevates it. You know, it makes you alert, mm. and that's a very important thing. Obviously, when you're on a long drive, the last thing you want is your brain sort of, you know, it's just circulation and just getting your yeah, body. and that's the thing. Yeah, getting the oxygen. You know, is there any exercises? If you, I mean, not everyone's got a seven series or an S class. <laughs> what what exercise? On a long drive? Yeah, on a long drive. Yeah, I mean, everyone does do, it two hours. I'll tell you what I do is I've got the cruise control on, and I'm constantly moving my feet up down. Back and forth, I, you know, I'm text, like, texting, reading the paper. Well, I, I, yeah. well, I sort of could do that, but <laughs> <laughs> the missus takes gets the yeah. shits. But you know, <laughs> but uh, I'll push. I might push the seat back a little bit and just sort of stretch the legs out, bend yeah. them around a bit, keep them all moving. So, like, yeah. as if you're on an airplane, yes, basically, basically, basically yeah, the same around. principles. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's funny with all those technologies that the, the five series that I'm driving at the moment's got that sort of adaptive cruise and the the lane keeping stuff. So you know yeah, all these well, long yeah, drives, you, yeah. you put those two things on, and yeah. you can literally you can do that. Put your seat back. You've got 45 seconds. You can yeah, have exactly. a stretch. Yeah. You can adjust your seat. You can crack your back. You That's can do right. whatever. You can do that. Um, and you know the, the tech looks after you. Oh, yeah. so I just did that recently on the drive to Melbourne over Christmas. You know, yeah, right. same deal. Yeah. I'll tell you what yeah. the Passat's got. Mm. And my wife's got a Passat, and that's got the distance radar yes, cruise. Yeah, yeah. And we just passed. Is it a full stop start? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we just came out of Gundagai, and there was a moron, no other cars on the highway, <laughs> one guy in the overtaking lane doing 100. I had the navs, the thing set at 123. Give or take five kilometres. A cop's not going to pull you over for doing sure. 117. Not that we promote speeding on this mm-hmm. podcast, but. Had it set right? 123. 123, because you you're really doing 118, and he's not going to. I thought I was pushing it at 115. One no, one fifteen is easy. So one twenty three. One twenty three. Next time one twenty three. In Germany. Done. In Germany on Nordam. <laughs> now, does anyone know any good solicitors if they get <laughs> yeah, trouble yeah, for so. traveling at one hundred and twenty three kilometers an hour? So what happened was he wouldn't get out of the, the car slowed down to a hundred yeah. as it does automatically. I went to the left lane and the car didn't speed up. The car knew I was in the non overtaking lane and yeah, right. I told Halil this mm-hmm. when we we're coming back from the summer that's in his Audi. We tried it, and the same, obviously, the related cars. Yeah, right. It would not overtake in the in the uh, undertaking lane. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if Beamer's got that, but uh, it's a, if whoever's got a, a Volkswagen or an Audi, try I it. Yeah, I wonder where that's come from. Because um, mm. it wouldn't be... The G- GPS wouldn't be that accurate. It'd have to be something to do with the cameras sensing that you're, you're in the, the left lane. lane. Yeah. But then how would that work on a three lane? What does it do in the middle lane? Oh, I don't know. Well, I was only, I'm only trying on to... Yeah, I've got Follow up, follow up, follow so up. So mine just goes into passive mode. As soon as I put my foot in the accelerator, all that the electronic nanny stuff just, just goes into off. passive. Yeah. And once I take my foot off the accelerator, it all just comes back on. Mm. Yeah, look, the tech's great. I love yeah. it. Just love it. What about with age? Is there any different techniques? If, if you're an older driver... You buy a multivan, don't you? <laughs> Ross? Russ, isn't that what you do? <laughs> is it like do you sit high like a multivan? Is I think, it? I, I think just observing people. Mm. Um, I, I think the older we get, the more upright we tend to sit. <laughs> That's <laughs> just natural. I think it's just a natural. You're right. <laughs> higher pants and a more upright oh, yeah. driving position. Pants get higher. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Your waist yeah. gets smaller That's and your legs yeah, get longer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I remember young driving, catching cabs, the olive beads. I mean, cabbies, <laughs> cabbies are in seats 12 hours a They're day. A must. I don't know why, as dealers, we don't sell those as an accessory. Yeah. Is it, does yeah. it work? Does well, that I, I think where it does work is that, you know, if they're sitting that long, and they, you know, they're getting a bit of gas, because let's face it, these boys tend to eat all sorts of, you know, interesting things, and they get a bit gassy. Oh, I suppose it doesn't stink the seat out as much. <laughs> But is it also back to the old bloody vinyl things that all those cabs used to have? Yeah, yeah, it's so it's true. It provides a bit of square. ventilation for yeah, them, you know. you know, those, um, <laughs> oh, A pillow or a pile of books. Hurt. And you wonder why Uber's, oh. su- wonder why Uber's <laughs> successful. <laughs> you know, you've got the old leg spinner there, you know. <laughs> but no, drive. I mean, I did a recent drive last year that drove from the Gold Coast to Newcastle without stopping in the Macan. Yeah. That was like a lounge mm. where I drove last week to New, from Newcastle to Sydney in, in the M3 and I was struggling by a two yeah. hour mark it's a totally different seat well I mean that's it isn't it you sort of look at these Grand Tours or these, these SUVs that are a very very different style of thing I mean if you try to throw the Macan around a corner at 200 k's now like you can with your M3 you'd be pushed up against the driver's door but yeah. the M3 is designed to give you that support and you know you, you have the um, oh, I guess 
you know, balance of, of, of one side of the other. You know, the Macan, good, comfortable, you know, long-driving seat, fabulous. And, and I guess with the M3, if you're going to track it, you're going to be on there for, what, 15, 20, half an hour at the most? Even the if seats. you're on there for an hour and a half, you know, doing something longer. They're just designed to give you more support. Mm. They're not designed for you to be comfortable. They're designed to hold you in place, yeah, right? right? Whereas the Macan's designed to sit there in those sorts of chairs to be, you know, chilled. The yeah. seat I miss the most mm. is... You know, we're going back a bit, right? But I, I used to have a VN, Holden, yeah. Commodore, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to ask for me a case, but yeah. Mate, but let me tell you, I miss that VN seat. And every VN that I saw back then, the driver's seat, even the, pa- even, even the passengers, they were big buckets. It's great for us, big boys, right? Mm. But the one side would always buckle and drop back on an angle. Is that the outer side? <laughs> That no, was the inner side. Twist. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I remember the inner side. Is that because yeah. you're trying to kiss the person in the passenger seat all the time? I don't know either that or, you know, the fun, you know back then obviously lots of fun. Were you always turning right? Yeah, who knows? But, you know, you always come out and I always think, why is my back sore? Yeah, when, when I, in the late 80s when I was at school, I had, my car, was, my daddy was an XF gear, foot Fairmont gear. And they were, it was a velour, like a, not velour, it was a, the, the cloth. Mm. So it used to get hot. But they were wide seats in the Big late seats. 80s, 90s, oh, the Australian seats. cars. Yeah. Uh, very comfortable. Very. The, my brother had a VN Calais. Now, the leather wasn't that great in that, but... They were big, and he also then had a uh, an EA Fairlane with those big square things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that back seat yeah. was like a lounge. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that was before I met. I miss those that bent those twisty seats though. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but, every single one. But uh, and in driving long distances in Australia, you we've hired a statesman. The big Australian cars are designed. So here's the thing: Do we drive long distances, or do we just drive long time because of our speed restrictions? Because like you think, yeah, Sydney to Queensland. Ten hour drive. Ten hour, thousand kilometers. What's what's the equivalent trip in Europe? Is it going from That's three countries? Pa- is it going three from, countries. Is it going from Paris to Munich? Close. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you do Paris to Munich at 250Ks, yeah. or you do yeah. Sydney to Brisbane at 110. 110. Yeah. Um, Roadwork signs at 80. Yeah, and you, know, you, you look there and go, no wonder we all get tired and fatigued. Not only that, if you look at our cities, mm. like Sydney is a mega city. It's probably the size of LA, which yep. is like uh, 20, 15 kilometers of the coast, 60 kilometres west and mm-hmm. 30 kilometres each way north south. Yeah, you bet. A European city is probably 5, 10 kilometres yeah, much, in the much circle. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then it's the big connecting roads. Yeah, the, you know? that, we commute daily on an urban environment a lot more than um, than a Europe yep. where our long distance, our towns are far apart. Mm-hmm. But you're right, I, I think our speed limits are way too low and our roads are getting there. And given the capabilities of the cars we've got, oh, yeah. they're not just the prestige cars, they're all of them. All the cars. They've all, all the got cars. airbags. And yeah. We were talking about how good the new Kia looks. What the, the, you're saying? I saw... the stepping along. Halil was talking about his brother buying a Kia Cerato, and I saw one. I saw three during the week. I saw both a hatch and two sedans. And they're a good-looking bloody car. They don't look like... You wouldn't think it's a Kia, firstly. Mm. But secondly, it made me wonder, how, how many cars do you know where a hatch and a sedan look great? Like, I remember the, the Ford Focus hatch, I reckon, is a great car. But the sedan looked like it had this Gosh. massive, tall butt. Same with an Astra. Yeah. You can almost back, go back to the Golf and the Jetta comparison. The Jetta. Which were the same thing. The Jetta was just an atrocious looking car. No personality. It's all square. Where Kia's just, I don't no, know, they're, they're really, um, they've really come to town with it. And apparently there's a GT pack with 160, 150 kilowatt, which is almost like a GDI, GDI type power. It's a good looking thing. I can't think of any um, hatches well, and sedans where... I mean, what do you go through with the yeah, Astro? The, the Volkswagen can't pull it off. No. And I had look, the old Astro was one that uh, was a uh, what was the model code for that? 
not a TS, um, or maybe it was the, the one, one that looked like a Saab. The those. one after the TS. You had the coupe, they had that really nice looking two oh, yeah, coupe. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. coupe, my own one, it was a good looking car. The coupe's The hatch looked good. The yeah. sedan was all wrong. Well, the, yeah, but the sedan was that different car again in that one. It was a slightly bigger one. It was a bit like the Jetta. It wasn't as big as the Astra. It was a slightly size up, but it was the same yeah. bloody car. And it just lo- lost its proportions. Um, you know, I mean, in Euro world, gosh, I guess golf's the um, uh, the big one. You don't see Benz doing too much. Peugeot's um, even. Peugeot's are all hatches, really. And, you know, they're designed as much as people give Peugeot. Audi, actually, A3. Audi's the only one where I think the hatch looks like a... Hatch looks better. I th- you think Hatch like, look, yeah. the A3 sedan, I think, looks nice. The hatch looks like I think the A3 sedan looks awkward. Between a wagon and a hatch. It's yeah, but it that. always sort of has. It's always been that chunky okay. thing back to 99 when the first A3 came out. It was that three-door, chunky, yeah. you know, first thing that wasn't a Golf that was a European hatch. Um, you know, good accessible car, good price point. But, you know, the new one, I, I think the, the new... Yes, the, the, the A3 range, the RS3s particularly, and the S3s look great, but the sedans just, they just look cut off to me at the back. They just look a little bit unfinished. Okay. I think Mercedes have done it well with, with the C. With a C, the C. Yeah, but they've traditionally been sedans. You don't have a C hatch. C, and yeah, again, it's a coupe, coupe yeah, so What if they've done coupe the new one? Wasn't it the, the new C class and the new CLA? Like, you can't pick the difference between it. Yeah, the um, oh really? But the CLA is based on the A class, and and much well, like this is like the four series sort of grand coupe. The grand coupe, thing. much like I was about to yeah. say, the Beamer. It just I think with Merck and BMW, they're traditional sedan, and in Europe they're traditionally wagon and sedan. Mm. They don't really. Um, and you know, it's it's I reckon that's one of the saddest things that I find through the German heritage of cars is the step away from wagons. Mm. Make a five series wagon. Is just one of the greatest cars of all time. Well, you can confirm. Yeah. I heard this week that BMW sell more X cars in Australia than sedans. Yes, so the highest selling car for forever. Um, I'm going to say forever. I think it's about the last nine years for BMW. Um, a white on black X5 30D M Sport. <laughs> Biggest so like you can you narrow it all down. It takes over the three twenty. Whereas you, you flash back and think, you know, nineties and even up until late nineties, early two thousands. Five series wagons, three series wagons, high volume selling cars, yep. brilliant cars. Like a five series wagon is as good as the, the, the X5 or the GLE and Benzland and all those things are, and even E class wagons. Those things are so nice to drive and own. Like they're fabulous. Mm. You know, you don't have the, the massive size and scale of these SUVs. You know, you can throw the things through corners. They look great. They're comfortable. They're everything you want it to be. But it's not one. And the '80s Benz wagons had the jump seats at the back. Mate, the oh, reverse oh, ones probably reverse seat like a Volvo style. Didn't you feel like a rock star at eight years old yeah, sitting yeah. in that? Like and you'd fight to sit in the boot. And Volvo raced wagons in oh, the yes. late '80s. That was the two thirty TEs, weren't they? That, yeah. That's the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. South Century would give it away. Yes. That was yeah. uh, what Tony Barber. Tony Barber. Tony Barber. And then oh. from Burks oh. and Beamers. Gold. Yeah. From seven two series. Two from seven series, <laughs> they went to two VL Commodores. <laughs> 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 because yeah. the cash jackpot yeah, was true. more than the, the price of a Commodore. Right. But yeah. Mate, yeah, Michael, you, you've got a, you're a car guy as well. Yeah. I mean, that's why you're on the show. Yeah. Your car history. Oh, there's a few there. <laughs> there's a few clangers. <laughs> what have you, what have you had? Oh, look, oh. My very, very first car was a, uh, a Datsun Sunny Coupe. Cool. It was a 1.2 litre, three-speed auto. Love it. I remember having all the all the boys in there, you know, like here I am, just fresh out of uh, high school, first year uni, pull all the, all the fellas in. Sorry, another car with the sedan looked better than the Coupe in the Sunny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 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 
I, it was a metallic blue. Ooh, I thought ooh, I was all that. Oh, I, yeah. I had a Voxon sound system. You must have shiny hubcaps. Hey. Yes, it did, actually. It did. did have, yeah, it was hectic. Hey. But I remember trying to get up, I think, is it uh, Car Street in Coogee? Yeah, 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 massive hill with all the boys in the car. Yeah. Oh my God. work out for you. Mate, I was going to go. I thought it was going to go Fred Flintstone style, put yeah. the feet out and start pushing. Three clutches later, I got to the top. Yeah, that yeah. three-speed auto. My God. Yeah. yeah. But it was like an interesting sort of car. And then um, from there, I think I graduated to a, uh, I think it was the, the High Ace van. I've got a list here, yeah. Yeah, I had, the, had a High Ace van. That was good fun. Mm. Was now, like, was it for the back? Good, I was going to say good fun. Because was the, that for you know, the front? Yeah, that, was, the that was like a hotel on wheels. Yeah, right. That thing, that was That's great. convenient. It Did was, you use it as a hotel? Well, look, I don't really, I'm not one to kiss and tell, you know mm. what I mean? But... Um, mm. You know, there was there was some, or there was some really cool stickers on the car. You know, okay. I had the um, the trademark no fat chicks. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had that, no. that, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then the other one on the other side of the the back was um, don't laugh. Could be your daughter in here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know. But look, most schools used to say, oh, that's so sleazy, that's... But they never had any problems. Problems with that. Yeah, because the stickers inside were different. Yeah, yeah. you know, so... <laughs> it was that, and I think I, after that I had a, uh, a, a VN, I think it was. The, the, the XL. Oh, yes, I remember oh, the XL. Oh, the Coke can on wheels. The, the Gemini of the 90s, wasn't Unbelievable it? Unbelievable, that thing. Air conditioning was drive away. Yeah. yeah. No and then the pay. aftermarket girls would come in, sting you for 500 for the central locking. They'd try, yeah. You'd air get the other bits. Yep, air, air con. Do you want a stereo? Do you not want a stereo? Yeah, of course I want a stereo. $22,000 later, <laughs> you know, what happened? You're at home crying with a contract in the shower. What have exactly. I done? And it's pink. Then uh, there was the VN. VN. SV89. My brother's got one of those. Now, yeah, well, the white that's one. a white one, the and white he one. put a manual in it, right? About eight years ago to take it to summer nights to do burnouts, right? So he still got that. Mm. That was his first stage. Yeah, speed. that was uh, yeah, that was always fun. There was always something. I think I, I what did I, I think I modified something on it, and it kept cracking the flywheels. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. All I know is the blokes I used to go to, they saw me coming, I reckon, back then. And then I thought, you know what, time to get into some prestige cars after that. Yep. And um, I thought, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? And I'm look, I'm, you know, I'm an 80s guy. You know what I mean? And Saab so, 900. No. Oh, that's the most 80 car that I was. Was. No, Prestige I remember, 80s. I Prestige being, and 80s. I remember being impressed by that. Mm. It was 1984. Mm. And uh, I had to get myself an XJS V12. Right. Now, did that have the twin tanks on it? No, that was the that was the that was the sedan. The sedan, right? So the, no, the, the coupe, coupe only had this thing right. Okay, yeah. So mm. that, that was fine. So the so, but the problem was every time the way that the fuel would swoosh around mm. in the tank, your fuel gauge was just jumping mm. up and down. Beautiful. With it. So you never knew how much fuel you had in it until you almost ran out. Did that always break down? Is truly? I mean, I've done no idea the XJS owner. Look, I tell you what. We, if you had an XJS, you had to love the XJS to have it. Right? It's, not, it's not a car that you thought, you know what, common sense tells me, you know, I'll buy a Jag and XJS V12 because, you know, they're a good car. Look, I like the style, I like the interior, it was very comfortable. What colour? Red. Ooh, it was red metallic or flat? No, it was flat. Oh, JG? JG? Yeah, no, no, it was the straight one. Straight? Yeah, it was, it was the Turbo 400. Okay, so yeah. that worked. Yeah, that worked. Because that was General Motors, wasn't yeah. it? Turbo 400 <laughs> yeah. and the diff were bulletproof, right? Yeah. Problem was with those is that usually their original owners, because it was such a, a, a cumbersome thing to, to service and keep on the road, they weren't, they, they'd take shortcuts, right? 
And so the back two spark plugs would really get changed because they were a pain in the ass. You have to drop to the to. engine, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, you uh, don't really need 12 cylinders working. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, like kind of like a V10. It was ahead of its time, it really. It was the first cylinder deactivation. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cylinder car. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Think of all the fuel you save swishing around in your petrol tanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, love but it. There was a bit of pain with that. You know, I remember dropping a valve seat on one of the yeah. banks and oh my god it just you know so any stickers on that like an RMA's nah, phone off no I knew that off my heart the thing about that period of car though that I genuinely miss and I love cars there's, there's not that uniqueness in design anymore like no, Jag used no. to be, yeah. that was a Jaguar. And that was a 15, 20 that, year model car. That was yeah. a Jaguar. You had the buttresses And you'd the see it and you'd have the two buddy bubbled lights at the yeah. front. Then you'd have like, we'd slag Saab off, but then you'd have the Saab era. Nothing looked like one. No. Nothing no, else looked no, like nothing. one. You know, Citroen way back in the day yeah. with the original C5s yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Whereas these days, there's just this this design of running towards the, the middle, I guess a bit like we see in too much politics. Yeah. Everyone's too worried that they're going to upset someone. So they yeah. want everyone to kind of like their cars. But no one to really, really love them. Yeah. You know, there's few manufacturers that I guess have, have, have held their course on it, and Porsche is probably the standout one with the yeah. 911. I mean, that car's changed, you know, five inches since it was born. Um, you know, I mean, Ferrari, sure, out there in the, you know, the other, the, that end of the spectrum. But you look at the, the middle of the road stuff. You know, I mean, I love BMW with a great amount of it. Like, I love it. But a BMW and a Benz, like, from a design point of view, they're not mm. vastly different. No, no, you throw no. Audi into the mix, you put a bit of Lexus in there occasionally, and you can have they're four all cars all in a row that, yeah. you know, they sit there. And, you know, I often say to clients when they're going through stuff, you know, all of those manufacturers, they're all good cars. They all do the same thing, mm. you know. A 3 Series, a C-Class, a, a Lexus and an A4, kind of are going to give you the same outcome. Yeah. Um, it's just fine. You debate your current shopping centre, and I don't think anyone would guess the five cars that you got there. You know, they did that with Skoda years ago. There was this great campaign in the early to mid-2000s in the UK where they parked a debadge skater on the high street in the financial district mm. and had, you know, the, the, the people out in all the Armani suits sort of with clipboards asking questions and all of that and all the bankers were out going, oh, it's this, it's that, it's, oh, this must be the new Mercedes or this must be the new whatever. Um, and you look, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's design cues with all of them, BMW with a Hofmeister kink, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll never uh, get a replication of that other than Supra doing it with a new Supra. It's <laughs> got a bloody Hofmeister kink on the back of it, <laughs> which I just look at and breaks my heart like, um, but it's just I don't know it, they just this, no, this, this whole true. design thing just feels a bit lost Yeah, you know like I, I, I want someone to come out and I guess Chris Bangle with BMW did some crazy stuff some years ago but you know I want that difference I, you know I want that take his away from him yeah, yeah, yeah I think he's still locked in a room somewhere it's funny um, <laughs> but nothing it's, beats the 7 series taxi boot oh that was unbelievable oh, but can I tell you if you go back and look at that era of his cars now in isolation they are actually beautiful they like the, the design of them and how they how they sit how they flow you can in hindsight see it but i think that that whole thing was the start of going gosh don't it run was away a from radical the change don't run away from the center if you look at the model before yep. to the mm. bangle model yep. in each like the yeah. five series yep. the seven it was mm. radical yep. it scared people away and now they've just bolted on yeah now they've evolved Mm-hmm. And you can see a line. And some but, may argue that it's the I mean, line's too much. You now. still do see, I think, some of his his his, um, uh, his work in the in the current cars. But it just I don't know. I, I just you know I want cars to be different. I want cars to be an expression of personality. I want them to be something that people can really continue to get passionate about. 
Well, that's well exactly. That's, that's, that's the car, right? The you know, like you look at it, that's the that you sit there and go, man, I remember that. Long nose went forever. Oh, mate, Callum who designs Jags, he designed some of the early HSVs, like you know, really eighty nine. The he did a lot of HSV work early with Walkinshaw in the day. Right, right. So Callum is a is a pretty. He knows how to design big cars to make them look good. But yeah, after the Jag, mate, you buried that. I buried the Jag. Uh, then from the Jag, I, I bought my first Mercedes. Okay. Yeah, first Mercedes, <laughs> I have to say. So was this the car that was the first, I've started to start my business, I'm no, getting set up, this, this is my the reward? First, this was the car that my missus said to me, well, we're about to have a baby. It's your last chance. And you're, uh, Buy everything you want now, because after this, I'm calling the shots. We're about to have a baby, and there's no way that we're going to be getting our baby in and out of the back of the XJS. Yeah. So I, I missed some, my 911 moment with that. Yeah, I, I should have done it. it. And I went from the XJS V12, 5.3 mm. litre fuel injected, you know, when it was on its good day when it was running, and it was when it was cold, the thing was fantastic. Lovely. Right. Um, to an A160. Oh, I'm talking the original. Oh, the bubble. I remember the bubble. That. Oh, you remember geez, the watch A160? out for the moose. I had an A190. Yeah, the one I had the big block. At the same time. The yeah. big block. Oh, it was like, I, saw, <laughs> I, thought, I thought mine was good, then I saw Peach. Yeah, and I thought, oh, shit. Now, right, was the, that was the thing without the clutch. Yeah, the four speed. Five speed. Fun shit. The fun shit. Wasn't much fun about having a manual car without a clutch pedal. Well, it worked for the wife. Yeah, right. Yeah. And my wife learned how to drive manual because of that. Yeah, okay. So it worked for her. But honestly, I, you know, look, I don't want to offend anyone. There's nothing wrong with it anyway, but I feel like the biggest poof driving it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, but um, that's what I felt like thinking, wow, this big bloke, you know, 120, 130 kilos in this thing. <laughs> go on, here we go. You know what? Every time... <laughs> but a practical bit of design inside that car. Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Seat, it was pretty amazing, yeah, the space that yeah, you got. So that was one of the pretty revolutionary cars. There were two tricks I used to do with that car. When I used to lend it out to a friend of mine, yeah. they'd come back saying, what a top car. Yeah. Secondly, I'd make them do a park. There's no parking sensors. And I'd say, go as far as close to the car in front of you as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a metre gap. Yeah. It was yeah. the best car for parking. Yeah. Right, it was good. Yeah, it was and, car. and economical. And stone chips yeah. galore with that upright yeah. bond. I think what yeah. I saved in petrol on the Jag, mm. I paid for the... You made up for it. In the, yeah. Very <laughs> paid for the car. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I used to thrash that thing. You it know, was economical. Yeah. Yes, I had that. The A160. I remember that. And then I think after that, I've just had, you know, dozen, I don't know. Whatever. You had a Cayman. So I did I have a Cayman, Cayman, Cayman. Well. Had a Cayman. That, that was a top Cayman. That was a lot of fun. Cayman was a lot of fun. I love the, the first the, the back yeah, arches on that yeah, Cayman. It was a 2008, I think it was. Mm. Yeah. I drove, remember, I've driven a Cayman, um, the four-cylinder, the new ones. Mm -hmm. Not bad. Not bad. It does sound like a Subaru a bit. Right. But I did drive a Boxster S, the second gen. Is that the 987, the one? Yep, yep when your uh, payment came out yeah. and that car took corners at speeds that you weren't allowed to take corners oh that was phenomenal it was the most Handle. balanced car I've ever driven that yeah. Boxster S we were driving through suburban streets taking corners at speeds I'm thinking no way mm. it just stuck the was like that it was like yeah the it was, was scary the, it, like it made you way better driver than what you were it didn't make you think you were. Well, the, I don't know. <laughs> the closest I the confidence factor in those chassis yeah. grips incredible. Yeah. 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 But you're you doing, because it's got the tyres, the, the, the it's got the yeah. grip. Yeah. Where the closest I can compare it to is an MX-5, but it's 20 to 30 k slower yeah. through those corners than the yeah, Cayman yeah, 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 Boxster yeah. could do. Much narrower track there, right? You think of those yeah. Caymans, the tyres yeah. are twice as wide, oh. and they're, they're well, set the first out thing, a meter, Well, the first thing I did to my Cayman was I got the Carrera S wheels, 
Yeah, Coloured cinder caps, it's a very important option. Did you get that? <laughs> yeah, I had the colour. That's good. Yeah. Did important. you get the Porsche crest in the head? That's the other I important actually, one. I That's the other important one. If you don't get those two options when you're flying in Porsche, whoever's listening, you're crazy. Coloured cinder caps, the embossed headrest. The embossed armrest you don't need as much. That looks a bit weird. But the headrest and the coloured cinder caps are very important. Wheel spaces, you've got to put the extra five millimetres. Very important. Very important. Very important. I haven't got the GT3 suspension put on. Oh, coloured seat belts. What'd you do with that? No, and the the uh, sports chrono? No, I didn't have ah, that. Ah, no sports chrono. I wanted poverty pack. Yeah, poverty okay. pack, fully Poverty pack, but he got the $64,000 alloys. Fully optioned Beautiful, beautiful. Yes. So the car they probably used at the motor show that year. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's everything's an option. Yeah. Oh, you wanted an engine with your Porsche. Well, they haven't oh, said no. that because I got out of a Mercedes. I got out of a CLK 240. Right, okay. Coupe. Yep. And into the Cayman, and, and I was used to the year the Mercedes, you close the door, the seatbelt comes, seat comes out. Four, does Thank it you very much. Get four I grand option. Porsche, it's not doing yep. it. I said to the bloke, mate, where's the seatbelt? And he goes, mate, he goes, this is a Porsche. This <laughs> is a Porsche. I said, that way reduction. And he goes, mate, he goes, uh, performance is standard, luxury mm. is optional. Mm. Oh, I thought, wow. Goodness yeah, me. Yeah, Goodness yeah, me. Yeah, well, they're the only boxes, manufacturer, maybe. I reckon, that can give you less in a car and charge you twice as much. Yeah. Like when you get, and I love, like the 911 is just, just it's the ultimate for me, right? Um, when you look at specking those things up and you get to the high end of town with the GT3s and the GT2s and the R's and all this sort of stuff, all of a sudden your manual gearboxes, your cloth seats, you know, your no power, power bloody locks and all that sort of stuff, and the cars are half a million. Yeah, a great um, 911 is a two year old 911. If you can find one, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, they I mean, still I, take a bath. Yeah, they, look, I guess all cars do, and yeah. you know, the, the trouble is, is is with those 911s, is, is you know when we see them come through, it's just like dealers are hungry for them. They'll pay because they sell and they sell quickly. Mm. Um, you know, when you look at the stats last year, Porsche have, have a guess how many new 911s were delivered last year in all of Australia. Throw a number out. 911 sold. Yeah, five hundred. You again? Maybe, I don't know, yeah. 511 cars. Oh, fuck, I was pretty close. No, you were pretty close. 500. Um, there was new registrations for 911. So you think in Australia how small that market is, but how much of an icon that car is. Mm. So supply sold, and demand. But they sold 1,000 Kia Stingers last year. Did you yeah. talk about the Stinger on the way here? <laughs> so put that in comparison. Sure. Like, you know, you, everyone thought that they would take over the void of a Commodore SS. But yeah, but it takes time too, yeah. with, with, like in that mass market stuff, because you need to get the government contracts into it, you need to get the hire car contracts into it. You know, that's where a lot of those big registrations come from and just, you know, Optus, Telstra, these guys driving yeah. around in Camrys, all of that. They're a huge part of that market segment and it takes time to prove it, right? But the big problem we've got in, in pricing is well, I read a uh, invoice for a Mustang today with a supercharger from Tickford, mm -hmm. and that was a $99,000 car, and nine of it and 10 of it was luxury car tax and GST. Mm -hmm. Yep. 20% of the car was That's uh, nice. So I, I, I did different maths today for someone trying to work out how I get a, a finance contract structured correctly for them. and. We worked out that you know you, we, when you look at structuring novated leases, particularly, you can't have any shortfall in your trades. So you can't have any minus equity. So quite often, what you have to do in place of getting a discount on the new car, we have to pay more money for their trading. But what that yeah. simply means is there's more tax in the deal. Mm. So if I go and lift up any uh, pricing above 75 grand on a car and lift it up by 10 grand, I have to charge uh, $14,800. Oh, yeah. So we have the same. Profit or loss as a dealer, right. um, but because the other forty-eight hundred goes is five percent stamp duty, ten percent GST, thirty-three percent LCT. Right. Um, you know, it's nuts. It's, it's yeah. nuts, and that's uh, you know, we, we, 
but mate, it's, it's a stamp duty. You look at that. Like GST is coming in. We're going to abolish stamp duty. No stamp duty on houses. Yeah. No stamp duty yeah, on right. cars. We'll get rid of all of it. Um, they get hooked. They get hooked. Imagine New South Wales with no stamp duty on property sales. They go broke. Yeah, they go broke. You know, we'd be, we'd be absolutely cooked in a month. On the flip side of tax, though, we can drive to a hospital and call a policeman and call a fireman. Oh, and we have a pretty reasonable standard. Of we're a big Australia. country. We're a small population, and yep. we're punched above our weight. We're we're pretty good in a lot of things. We had a, a at a car industry for a small country, which is is gone. It's a bit of, bit of a shame, but um, we're doing all right. We're punching above our weight. Yeah, Michael, thank you for coming in. That was interesting. So oh, that was good. Thanks so for olive, olive beads. The car said the taxi drivers yeah. knew what they were doing. They they knew what they were doing. We that back on our health insurance. The olive beads. I reckon it'd be something. Night. It'd be somewhere. It'd be an item yeah, code yeah. somewhere for it for sure. Yeah. We'd crack one anyway. on your boot. I'm sure Porsche can sell one <laughs> with a crest five on grand. it. Oh, embossed, embossed beaded seat covers. Every option on no, this five nine thousand eight hundred plus luxury car tax. Plus LCT. So thank you for coming in. That was. Pretty interesting, and uh, Brad, thank you for helping out. Any time, any time. Because um, I don't know if Halil won Powerball last week. Was he the single mum? <laughs> <laughs> he's if he's he not is, here. he's definitely the guy that sexually raped uh, me years ago. Takes <laughs> <laughs> him down. That lawsuit's coming, so, darling. I know um, it was you. But we're getting great feedback on the podcast. Thank you for following. We're ranked 21 out of 200 automotive podcasts at the moment. So rate us and, and leave reviews to make us get higher. Email us if you want to come in, if you want your business to be plugged or talk to us about a, a car-related topic. Uh, feel free to email us on alltalk, T-O-R-Q-U-E, at outlook.com.au. Download us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Shout Engine, CastBox. Rate us, review us, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Michael, do you want to plug anything? Um, Sydney City Chiropractic, 563 Crown Street, Surrey Hills. Okay. Um, by all means, drop in, say hello. We can talk about cars. And bring your car seat for, in. For a cracking good seat. time. Yeah, for a cracking good time. You like time. that? Absolutely. No charge. Bring your car seat in with you. We'll have a look at it. <laughs> and Brad, thank you very much. Uh, anytime, guys. Anytime. And, always um, happy to help. Bye for now.